the Neon Confidential Podcast. Is this thing on? <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to the Neon Confidential Podcast. Today's guest is Paul Ryu, better known as at Ryu Sauce to the food community. With over 300,000 followers, he is absolutely legendary in the foodie community with worldwide reach. Paul and I have known each other for years and years, and truthfully, we were two of the first to make content creating into businesses here in Las Vegas. We really dive deep into that, of course, in the first half, but the second half, we dive deep. We talk about Paul's drug addiction and how it almost cost him his life, how the Vegas community came together to make sure Paul didn't get deported. He tells that whole story, and it is wild. But then, of course, and as a fellow podcaster would have it, Paul flips the script and asks about my life updates on big topics like me buying a building downtown, my holiday breakup, and how sharing our highs and lows for good and talking about our negative experiences and eventually how we turn them into positives make us who we are now and make us more human. With that, please welcome Paul Ryu to the Neon Confidential Podcast. Paul Ryu is a founding partner of Jump Force, a contemporary creative agency specializing in social media and influencer marketing. Paul immigrated from the U.S. from Seoul, South Korea at the age of 13 with an insatiable drive to live the American dream. As an entrepreneur specializing in sales and digital marketing, Paul is making strong and lasting human connections in the food industry. And as one of Las Vegas' most connected foodies, Paul finds himself using his influence to authentically reach a diverse array of people, driving them towards great dining experience, whether on a budget or fine dining, both locally and nationally. Paul works as one of the most sought after Instagram and TikTok creators in Las Vegas with a recent 128 million view Instagram reel. And he's been featured in many publications like Food Network, The Travel Channel, Fox News, Eater, Thrillist, Las Vegas Weekly, Vegas Magazine, and Food Beast. You're so accomplished. So <laughs> is that is that number still accurate? 128 million views. No. And yes, is that the, the onion? Yes. Real? Yeah, that's we, the one that you remember? Yeah, I do. Um, I couldn't believe it when you showed me like we were eating at Carver Steak. And I was like, can I just see the analytics? Because I nerd out on that, because we both own creative agencies. And I'm like, that's just unreal. I think you're the only one that actually saw, like I pulled it up. I will do it again. Let's just see it. It's but. so fucking crazy. <laughs> and then didn't you say that like the way that the algorithm works, you think that they like released it like one country at a time? Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, you know, what the, the comment that I had was telling you that, yeah, as, as another 10 million views come in, another 10 million views come in, you can see like the language change in the comments. So you'll get a bunch of one language and then another day you'll get a bunch of another language comments. So, so you that, can tell that it's releasing it to certain, it's like, oh, it's performing well in this country. Let's keep, let's keep going. It definitely seemed like it was getting released to another audience. And then whenever they did that, you would feel that. So explain know? to people who can't. So first of all, let me just read some of these. Like, I love how we're diving well, right we're into diving this. We're diving right in. This because is great. I, I can't like, especially because there's no commas. I can't even understand <laughs> right. what this number is. 128,214,234 plays. Yeah. How many, how many, how many shares? Shares, 870,000 people shared it. That's insane. And then 129 million accounts reached. So 
explain for people that like can't see because i don't even those numbers don't even make sense when you were saying and then another 10 million another 10 million like what the hell um like just think about the like the number that 10 million is and so what explain to people who can't see what that real is so 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 what this tells me is that whenever somebody tells you that you know i've heard you know i sat down with clients and they're like you know i know a person from san francisco a company that has this app that tells you when the best time to post or like you know like all the you i hear a bunch of it yeah and i go do they calculate the fact that it takes months to crawl hundreds of million views and like how, there's no way right so yeah it, it just kind of started going I, I don't okay it was one of those posts when i posted it you mm -hmm. know the first hour mm -hmm. you look at it and go oh that's gonna tank <laughs> totally and so and, and i thought that i thought this was there's another regular Maybe didn't even pass but it's a, 250 likes in the first hour. It's a blooming onion. Yeah, it's like a nine-second blooming onion post a from Cali Bombs. Shout out to Cali Bombs. A nine-second post. Yeah, with uh, with that Dr. Dre beat on it. And then, you know, like... Was the, the audio It still has trending. the template on the Instagram because I edited it inside of Instagram. <laughs> you didn't even use like an external editing thing. Very. And that's like, so a lot of clients, like there's, you know, eight social agencies and we won't like name any names, but when people say, cause you know, you probably know this, we take a lot of like people who have been burned by other creative agencies. Right. And they said, well, my last company guaranteed that we were going to go viral. And I'm like, you literally can't guarantee that. Like there's no telling what the algorithm is going to like, like on any sort of particular given day so again like you posted this nine second reel and you're like oh it's probably gonna tank and then it, it was t not tank but I, I, 250 first hour is not the best yeah so that day i went you know and that didn't start really crawling like seven days into it really yeah so i went on a trip i was <laughs> it was over christmas so i was in indiana mm -hmm. with mindy's parents i'm she's from southern indiana we got married in louisville kentucky mm -hmm. um so we're just spending holidays and eating green beans and turkey and then my and the algorithms like merry christmas going, <laughs> and everybody's dming me going what is going on there's and another then, post that you just did um the beer that you fill up <laughs> from the bottom of the cup which like by the way because it's like one of those things where i saw it at the stadium and you see like cups being filled like that and you're like oh, i wonder what they're doing but you like had the foresight or you thought it was interesting or whatever to record someone filling up a beer wait wait i would like to like claim that i had the foresight but i was <laughs> well you you recorded it let's be real yeah um those are the posts where i just look at that and go wow i put so much time and so many plans so much into a post and this is literally like i wasn't even there for that i was there for the taco bell the the, the truff collab with tollywood <laughs> right and and she the, the the part of the beer thing wasn't even on the reason that the beer is flat and a lot of people, oh, flat beer, mm -hmm. I think is because it was the first beer that they actually pulled out of that tap because I told her, any way I can just shoot this, you you doing this, Yeah, was in my phone for months. And then there's that day, you know, on TikTok, I'm like, oh, I gotta post something. I just scroll, 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 scroll. I'm like, oh. <laughs> You're like, this'll do. And then it's just like skyrocket no to the moon. No audio. Do you know that? There's zero audio on that. It's just ASMR. It's like diggable planets were playing in the background. I just left it. It passed <laughs> 30 million views in each platform. Like what? it passed 30 million in 37 million in TikTok, 30 something million in Instagram, and 30 something million in YouTube shorts. Yeah, because a lot of times you'll post something like on Instagram and it'll perform better on TikTok. And you're saying that every it's single. It's a unicorn. 
I'll give it to you and you can post it. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure that it'll go. If any, if, like people really like this content for some reason. And it's like, and, and you know, like most of them are saying, you dude, people have had that technology for 10 years. Yeah. But a lot of people are like, how does it, what is this sorcery? You know, I think it's magnet. Is it magnet? I have no. Okay. So I, <laughs> it's, there's a hole in the bottom of the cup. Right. And then there's a magnet top. Right. And then it pops up when you, when you pierce it. Right. right. And then fills it. And then when you let it go, it, do, attaches again do you think we're doing a good job at explaining this totally to people? <laughs> not you should just go see my instagram just post or go whatever. watch paul's one of paul's viral instagram or tiktoks about someone at the, it's at a stadium they fill a beer up from the bottom of the cup rather than pouring it from a spout so that was just and was another it. thing is, is this isn't taco bell which <laughs> is not a usual place where you see beer but taco bell cantinas have beer vegas and, baby right so there there's that component so a lot of people are like commenting on it about about what it is um, but yeah, I, again, it's one of those things where you post and you see these results and go, wow, I'm spending so much time and effort into like other things that don't even do well. And totally. here's like a, this is, you know, so those agencies that promises the world and like, are you kidding me? No, you don't know. You can't, there's no way you, you can guarantee know. that. And it's, and listen, at the end of the day, as long as you're producing quality content and like showcasing whatever the brand has to offer, you're doing a good thing like something going viral doesn't necessarily translate to like sales sometimes it does because awareness right. if you're in the same area or there's we live in a tourist destination where people are constantly influxing to las vegas that they'll probably stop by a place but at the end of the day it's like the views are nice but it's still like a vanity metric you know social but, media is a necessary uh, evil so it's like as long as you've got quality content and you're showcasing what the brand has to offer you're doing your job um but that brings me to because you're one of the OG foodies in Vegas. Uh, yeah, I guess that. You know, yeah, yeah. There's like there's sure. five of you. Yeah, there's like yeah. There's when there was a very few of us, I was involved in it. Who would there's you like say ten that, plus years ago? Yeah, exactly. Right. And so that's how long you and I have been working together. Correct. Like we just from this is like when nobody. By the way, shout out to ten years for Neon Confident and uh, neon, neon Neon PR. Neon PR. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. I mean, it's it's weird to say that. Uh, that we've been around for that long, but you've been doing this for that long too. And this is kind of like at the beginning when people didn't know like PR, marketing, social media, like all of these things kind of started merging together, right? Like we're working with brands Absolutely. on a PR scale. A lot of them are restaurants. So I'm like, you know, we're inviting foodies in that are just gr exceptional at capturing the content. You guys had the lighting down, the angles, you know what to, how to record. Um, and we were in this, by the way, and I'm very always try to say this like those guys in the beginning were doing that with zero money in the game mm -hmm. we were posting every day i mean i'm sure that there's one or two that was already in the game of of, of making this a business most of us weren't you know mm -hmm. and that's another thing that we really want to say to some of our clients and that that wins us wins them over for us is that hey we were in this for the food not not for the money not anyway. for the money yeah, uh, i mean same. but it started right. with the invites. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I, I mean? know exactly. I'm like we, you know, if there's if there are a client, and normally we're working with journalists, so this mm -hmm. is like a new medium, and we're finally working with foodies. But yeah, I remember if I can think back, it was like you, Susie, Phil, Emily. Mm -hmm. Who else am I missing? Drew. Uh, there was like people like still not a foodie, you know, uh, Ed, Vegas food baron. Oh my God. You know, Vegas stuff like that. Like, Amy Linda, who used to do professional photos for a lot of like Eater and all the like, Amy Linda, photos yeah. by Amy Linda. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And then there was like three people, and I think they're really the OGs. 
there was an account that was called Best Food Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and it was it was owned by MyFab Five guys, and they hired three people, micro foodies in Vegas, to run that account. And those three were Mimi Hey Zero Two, like I forget her handle. Yeah, know, every it's time. like Hayamachi Mimi, yeah, or something. Yeah. And then Freddie, Fred Paloma, mm-hmm. and then there's Tony Holagato, who works at our agency as an yeah. executive. Uh, those guys were in it in the beginning. So they invited me to a couple places and then it was all PR. The reason that I was able to get my name out there is A, Drew had a lot of good events that was going on and that was taking momentum. But as well as all the PR people who had like insane clients, like, oh, would you like to come Gordon Ramsay's new restaurant? And I'm like, yes. And that's really what it, like our clients didn't get it. It's like, they want us to invite like journalists in. And so it was really us having to explain to them like, no, you don't understand. This is like the new age of like journalism. You're literally reaching your target demographic through people who like have such a leg up on capturing food content. Like they're going to do this better. Like a journalist is going to say, this is what it tasted like. And like, they're going to explain it. You guys are literally showcasing the food visually, which that's how people eat, right? Like you see the food and then you like, you know, eat with your eyes first. first. Right. And so, um, and so how many followers do you have now? 305k on on instagram i wonder how many you'd had when i first when we first started working Dude, together like three thousand or totally. five thousand. i was that was the smallest follower count guy out of the group that group and now are um, you are you the number one no uh, i don't i don't count i don't know you know i I'm think probably you, up I there think you are and, and a shout out to that big post probably get got me like over one hundred sixty thousand followers just on that one the, post maybe the onion post yeah no way like i went from 90 something to like two i, I couldn't do 100k thanks for 100k or 200 it's just i blew right by those i mean i guess that's kind of how that works like and especially like let's just say like a joe schmo posted like a blooming onion reel if people went to this person's page and they didn't have the quality of content you wouldn't follow along but you right, already but had I can, I, all yeah, this amazing content so when they come to my feed they also see other things that are right they're like this guy's like it i'm right. gonna follow him so that that kind of but you know what you do go up if you go up 180,000 followers mm-hmm. you're on like uh, recovery mode of not losing those flowers because they they go up and they come down a little bit and and when you do that you have to post as much as possible to keep the new guys you know interested so I was like you know what was a good uh, recommendation that Phil's like Phil's like you have all these new followers they have never seen any of your content rerun the good ones it's a good you know? idea and, and so, did you so do I, that yeah yeah and, start, and it was towards the end of the year remember it was a Christmas break so mm-hmm. it was like a perfect time for him to go do you have like the timer set where it's like okay it's time to close instagram do you do you have that set no what i, I do do you really <laughs> yeah but that's like a problem do you look that seems like more of a personal thing that <laughs> that's really what i want to talk about so me? like that's you great. don't feel like you ever need like a break from your phone oh, what do, do you do to like disconnect because like you a... can get addicted to those numbers right like like you just said it's like you get all these this influx of new followers and you're like i need to do whatever i can to keep them so like that's it's not like an addiction mindset it's like you're living it's your career but and it is important like those metrics are important to you but just in order to like shut off because you've got to be you got to have your phone attached to you at all times i'm pretty much at our agency though i'm i'm one of the guys that actually don't produce as as uh, at the highest level possible so i i'm actually not highly productive on 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 social media as, as i should be because i'm so busy with 
sales and client services. I was going like to say, that. but now you have a team of people. But now, you know, I'm, I'm kind of doubling down on it. But I don't really have a screening system like that. You know, I don't. I should. Um, you know, especially having a three-year-old and trying to manage all that. And But I, I, I don't right now. But I am kind of... That's, that's basically what I've been working on the fifth year in my agency is like emotional intelligence and getting back into what what matters more, how much time am I going to put into this and that. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, after five years into the agency, after 10 years of doing creation, you kind of get, and then there's like TikTok, YouTube, and there's other things, and you get to kind of get dulled from these engagement highs and stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. you finally get to that point where you can just shut it off if you want to. I just don't have that implemented into my schedule right now. But it's just like, so you're just saying it's it's all it's about balance. Right you're kind now. of like policing yourself personally, which is like what Dude, people should do. it was so bad when I first started. You know, who's getting invited to what? And like, do you remember? Like, I bet. I can, I can see that a lot of um, guys that has been in the business for maybe like two, three years right now mm-hmm. still kind of struggles with that. You know, like who's going where and what's who's getting what deal and what, you know, like a, uh, oh my! Uh, this guy's Instagram is super hot, but you know what's happening to mine, and what's you know, do I have to do this kind of content because everybody else is doing? Like, there's a lot of uh, things that pulls you aside mm-hmm. from what you want to be, mm-hmm. and I think that hinders you and it affects a person a lot more. But as you as you get the years underneath, and you as you go, and as you go through all the clients ups and downs, and you know, you know, and 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 I think scalability is another thing. A lot of people that are experiencing that and having trouble with that right now still has not gotten to a point where they have too much business where they have to figure that out and have mm-hmm. to go across. You know what I mean? Yeah. I see all that. Um, uh, I feel like our agency has gone through a lot of those for us to be kind of like emotionally better. Yeah. I mean, but that's what that's why when you're like talking about that, I'm thinking like. Oh my God, I remember when I used to care about not getting invited to things. And now that it's like, that's, I'm like, I, all I want to do, have you heard of like JOMO instead of FOMO? It's like yeah. the joy of missing joy out. Of missing that's out. me. I'm, I'm like, I would so rather great. just like sit, especially when like, this sounds really bad, but like if there's like a new restaurant opening, sometimes I just want to hang back and like not go and wait till they f- they fix, like figure all the kinks. I'm like, well, it- y'all can go and get some of that, like the free little like, hors d'oeuvres and like light bites to the grand opening and i'll just go and have a full meal like when in a month that when gets it's that gets yeah you know what i mean yeah that's it's just that's not what i'm talking about uh, oh it gets God. it comes down to um ego mm-hmm. and 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 i don't know like i feel like if you you know like if you have too much if you if you really um are killing it in the business, it's mm-hmm. almost hard to manage that to to even care. Totally. Too much. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you care too much, you're not you're really not doing that busy. It. I know. No, that's right. Like that's yeah. exactly right. And and then like like you said, kind of policing yourself when you kind of just know when it's time to like chill out and not feeling like it's gotta be some structure. Like, okay, today I'm only gonna have my phone in my hand for five hours. It's like, no, you just go until the job's done and then you can relax afterward. Well that's you know, and that's I think a lot, a lot of people have to go through. There's no wrong or good. You know, it's it's great that they want to go to all the events and and be in the scenes. And that I think everybody should do that. It's just it's just when I see people literally emotionally get hurt by you know, and, mm-hmm. and I'm like, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, like not being. Invited it's just so much. Things. I feel like the the industry still. If I'm feeling it right, if I have the tempo, you know, like my finger on the tempo correctly, mm-hmm. there's so much out there that I can't even handle. I don't think right. anybody needs to worry about it if you're a good creator in well, the game right now and i think everyone kind of 
does that like it's interesting because like now you know we have social media accounts and like you own a creative agency and i i don't know if people think that it's weird that we all get along and we're friends but like there are so many restaurants in vegas like there's enough room for everybody to like go around and like we can all share and support each other like i don't really feel like it's some sort of i bet you people think like we fight over leads or something no way you know what i mean we like like, help each other out each other yeah, we That's help each other out. A, you know, and, and, and you do other things. And I believe that there's like these huge, I mean, I work on accounts that are government accounts. Mm-hmm. There's just no way that account can be just handled by social media crew. I mean, <laughs> totally. I remember we were, so, so we that's were when brainstorming. I, you know, people like, go, oh, they, you know, I would rather just have creator agency just take over my account. Well, you haven't worked government clients then. I because know. The brainstorming for that's got to be... you know the PR that needed for... I mean, it's crazy. It's got to be mind-numbing. I can't do any of that, you know? <laughs> and and I'm, I'm like... Every time I'm in a... Like a uh, we, we do uh, the clerk's office. We do the wedding uh, marriage license bureau for Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. It's one of our best clients. It's it's so fun. And they're involved in a lot of city things. And I'm, I, we are honored enough to be in these like meetings with like 18 people in a Zoom. And this everybody in the town. Like LBCFEA is in it. MGM is in it. Caesar's in it. Cool. And you get to realize... Oh gosh, our agency as a social media, yeah, we're good creators and we provide a lot of results, but I feel this small. But and, that's an you know? imposter syndrome. Like you guys earned your seat at that table. And like, that's what people rely on you for is to come up with those creative campaigns. Did you guys do the, uh, it was like the 1 million weddings? 5 million. 5 million weddings. Wedding, yeah. And that was cool. Like we have a wedding chapel client we participated. So like, that's just an example for like ways that, you know. It's cool. And, and, and I'm, we're thankful that food got us here. Mm-hmm. You know? But the fun thing is food, dude. It's the low hanging fruit. It's a conversion. It's crazy. I'm looking at like Keith Lee effect. It is insanity. What's Explain happening to everybody right? what the Keith Lee effect for people that don't know, because there's people that aren't from Vegas that, that listen. So shout out to our podcast, Las Vegas Pill Phil podcast <laughs> that just had an <laughs> episode on Keith Lee effect. And we invited the business owners of the, of the post. Of the business? Yeah. So what? we invited a guy from Aroma, the guy from 303, Thing to Cut, and like, and cool. how, their experience of like what time the post went and how fast it got to get their line out the door and how many weeks of, you know. So here's another thing that I want to talk about is like Keith went in there on his own, right? Like yeah. he was not invited. That's his integrity of the of the feed is that I don't. And, so, and it's the same thing. Like sometimes like I feel like at the end of the day, you don't want to be following someone that has to post because that's a client account. Like he went in there on his own did a review was it chicken wings that he ate and he was like these are the best like chicken Megan, wings it's whatever now yeah every post it's is <laughs> whatever he posts but he so he walked in he ate the chicken wings and he said these are bomb whatever and the guy had no idea who he was the the owner of this restaurant and then all of a sudden when keith posted that right his phone the but the restaurant owner's phone what is the re- name of the restaurant do you know uh, which one? The one that uh, Keith- the Frankson's or whatever the pizza place yeah, that just went for. But what was that place called? I, I forget the name of it. But yeah, but I mean. so he's he posts about it, and then all of a sudden, this restaurant owner, his phone won't stop ringing, yeah. and he can't keep and up. And it was with a dying orders. restaurant. Nobody was coming. It was a dying restaurant, right. and then so all of you know, of course, this is like when foodies and the power of social media does good, and now this restaurant is like hot, and right. it's like every major news outlet picked it up. By the way, like a lot of people discredit the first few million that he earned without doing that Mm -hmm. you know he was consistently putting out content about food in vegas and blah 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 and actually was pretty big before she he started doing the format that he does now that just crushes every post Mm -hmm. um and 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 it's great for us because 
uh, my our agency Jump Force was started with a phenomenon like that long time ago when Instagram first came out. We did the sushi burger, mm-hmm. and we you know like it wasn't one of us; it was like fifteen of us at the same time, and it was a dying all-you-can-eat sushi place that became the most popular all-you-can-eat sushi place overnight. Damn, and that would happen. What what year was that? Like that was like six seven years ago yeah you know those kind of stories needs to come out and let people know because right now i don't know if that's it i don't know about you but it's been good like incoming leads are hot right now <laughs> no for sure Am i mean I that's, right? that's we can't like, like it's great thank you keith thank thank you <laughs> like what and it's the same thing like we can't really keep up with like how many people because social media is it's the new version of pr like you're connecting directly to your demographic like visually and that's what people want to see and people's like you said attention spans are super small like the one you posted was nine seconds meanwhile we're like over here on cap cut like splicing things up and putting all these different angles and then there's like one shot with like one angle and then that one goes viral so you just never know but so let's talk about jump force so you start you're five years old or six this is our fifth year fifth year and so it's a team and they're they're mainly foodies right that are on yeah, the, in the beginning, the what we thrived on is, hey, everybody that wants to work in our agency has to have some type of local following for the industry that they want to work on. So mm-hmm. if you're doing food, I just need to see that you're pretty heavy on Vegas local And followers. what did that take that you knew that, like, I've got a business uh, situation on my hands? Like, I can, you know, monetize this for clients and, like, bring some, their, like, social media dreams to life. Like, at what point were you were just, like, on your own and you're like, wait a second, you're like building a following. You have all this great content. You're like, I can do something with this. Is that how that went? Yeah. Well, I had the sushi burger. So the guy that was he owns Janga, mm-hmm. and and shout out to Ellen and G who own Janga and a bunch of other restaurants now. Mm-hmm. Um, he he was like, hey, uh, sushi's not doing well. Uh, we're doing a lot of hibachi, not much sushi. What can we do? I want to do the social media thing. But his question was, how do I know it's coming from social media versus not? And my, mm-hmm. you know, in the beginning we're like, well, let's make a secret dish. It's like a super high risk but i'm like okay let's make a secret dish and if don't put it anywhere and if somebody comes and orders it you know it's coming from me right like don't put it on the menu don't, don't put, put it, it on, on the website it's not even a secret menu it just doesn't exist and right. if somebody comes and orders it you know it's measurable mm-hmm. so we did the sushi burger we sushi rice fried spicy tuna seaweed you know and it looks like a burger yeah me Susie, Lindsay, ninzer like you know mm-hmm. uh, unlocked and everybody went posted at the same time mm-hmm. and it just started going and it went to thrillist went to food network and all that people driving in from san diego just to get the sushi burger and leaving line out the door people with like luggages from the you know the uh, airport just waiting for sushi burgers they and like stuff come like that. fresh off the plane to get the sushi burger so the monetizing came from that guy i think i signed up i don't even want to say the the retainer number no, he's no. still at that retainer number by the way I've well you got a it. you got a grandfather like the ogs and it's the same I've thing i haven't raised my rate for clients that like haven't missed a payment in seven years it's and like you know no you you like helped me build my business to be what it is right now so well that person literally referred every korean restaurant owner in town in the beginning so that's when i knew that it was on uh, i had 10 to 12 korean restaurant guys going hey uh i don't he's like I, here's the money he's like here's the money i don't even know what you do so I don't know if this is like radio or TV, but whatever you did to that guy. Do that for mine. Do that for me. <laughs> so so that's when I, you know, I don't know if you know, it's JMP Force, Jump Force, it's JMP, it stands for Jeremy, Mindy, and Paul. Uh-huh. Uh, Mindy and Paul were married. Mm-hmm. And then there's a Jeremy who's not a creator. He's an investment banker. Mm-hmm. I kind of came to him because I went to the scalable model. You, you know, it's great when you have 
10 clients mm-hmm. by yourself. Right. But when you have 20 clients and from 20 to 40 and 40 to 80, these are uh, levels of entrepreneur skills that I did not have mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. And I knew that. I knew like, how do I go from 10 clients? Because I, I can get 10 clients right now mm-hmm. and I don't even attempt for that. But I can see like I'm making how much with 10 clients? Like uh, what if I want to make more? Mm-hmm. And that scalability is the bitch in, yeah. in our in our in our so mm-hmm. i went to jeremy he was very very invested in 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 these kinds of things. and he's done many things before like uh consulting firms that had the kind of same strategy mm-hmm. where he made everything productized so we can scale better so we're able to use you know when a, when a deal comes in we break it into little tasks mm-hmm. and every single task comes with a little number on it and then we just hire that person for that one task only and we create a team around that and i think that made us being from uh pro- producing accounts to productizing the accounts made our company be able to scale from 20 to 40 and on mm-hmm. so that's that was like an eye-opening of it so so right now at the time when we first started the agency people would would doubt what jeremy's doing in our in, in our in our agency like oh he's not a creator what is this system but now four years into it people now understand you know that's like the cool thing about business is that you do things and you get this look of doubt from everybody around you. You're like, I don't know if this is the right way to go about it. And then three years down the road, you go. I, I kind of had an way. adverse experience because everybody was telling me that I should be scaling faster than what I wanted to. And that's just a personal preference. Like for me, um, when I came from Houston, I worked for a PR agency in Houston who like my boss became my mentor when I opened up my own company 10 years ago. But I went from working with four people in an office that was probably this big, as, as big as this podcast room. And we all knew everything about each other. We all helped out with our clients. And then when I moved out here, I worked for the largest PR firm in Nevada at the time. And there was 54 people and nobody knew what the hell was going on with anybody. So like when people were like scale, 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 I'm like, I'm going to do this at my own pace. And you know, now it's been 10 years. I'm buying a building because we outgrew this office and it's going to be double this size. And like, and now I'm ready. But, but when you do have, like you said, someone that you partner with who's like versed in that and he knows exactly what he's doing and like knows the path to tell you to get there then like that makes total business sense that you're i mean you put your trust in this person he's the same person that when the day okay day three days before the pandemic hit the mm-hmm. shutdown hit we hired i think one or two high salary position people mm-hmm. and because of all the you know i don't and there, there's a lot of things going on in the job force that is above and beyond the influencer marketing and creator agency because we have some investment in tech because he's he's from tech and that's under jump force. Mm-hmm. So there were some things that we did in the beginning that some investments that made us go, okay, we made some money on that. And so I want you to, Paul, I want you to go tell everybody that is on salary that they never have to worry about salary the entire time this pandemic blows over. So that was another cool thing that we did in the beginning. So Why, why is that? Because we were vest, we were invested. So we had some mm. money in the beginning. That's another thing people, cool. a lot of people don't know. Like you had that, that cushion. We and that's had not, the cushion. I, had to, I had to furlough people, unfortunately. We were, we were very fortunate. Mm-hmm. And those are the strategies that, but those were jump force money. I didn't have to like get money from it. It's mm-hmm. just those prior investments that we did that made us that money that smart for us to go, 
you know, this agency thing. By the way, this agency thing is very low profit, very... Do you ever grief? Like, yeah, there's not a lot of overhead, but the overhead is like, you know, your employees that you're paying, you know, salaries to. Overall, uh, taking another turn this year, and I think, uh, what, you know, one of, the, one of the things that we did a long time ago was the investment in kind of like this augmented reality company in Utah. Uh, it was a while ago. Wow. And... Do you guys like post about that kind of no, stuff? No, yeah, because yeah. it's uh, it's more of Jeremy's ventures that we get to be involved in. So we do a lot of work for them as far as like doing a little bit of content, doing a little of this and doing a little bit of tech work. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, they actually blew up to to a pretty good place where they're in the middle of some Web3 and, and AI projects right now for like BYU and a couple Damn. other things. So those are the things that goes underneath Jump Force where it makes me feel a little comfortable when there's a vulnerability like like pandemic or like we're it. losing hand, half of our clients, you know, like what totally. was that? For like 60% attrition in our clients. So, so you know, went over that. And this is why we're, we're the company that we are now. But can we just stop talking about that? Like, <laughs> I'm like, is anyone out there? Is everyone asleep? <laughs> yeah, neon confidential. No, Let but me- this, this is part of it. People are, are interested and that's the other thing. If you spend like the majority of your day-to-day just so entrenched in what you do it's you you'd think that no one else is interested but i bet you there's people that are listening that are like what the hell how do you do this and i want to know how to do it so you know okay. for that you're welcome but now let's 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 go is this neon confidential because like you talk about what, what do you talk about it's really whatever it's whatever the the you know if there's business people like for instance we had jonathan jocelyn i know you know him i love jonathan jonathan's the man stud. and it's just you know i want to talk about um the history of the plaza it was kind of the topic and where it led to and, and well kind let's of- talk about relationship let's let's talk about buildings <laughs> all right first of all which one can we can we talk about how you made some moves recently people don't people know about made this? some moves i announced it um but you were one of the first people that i told in person and this is when like the idea of the concept kind of changed because I was under contract to buy a building that I was going to f- turn this second property into a bar. Um, and then they, when I was under negotiations with them, accepted a cash offer. And so the deal fell through. I ended up finding one, a building that's two doors down from this one. It's a bigger space. It's in better shape. It's just, it's a, just a better deal. Like for me, um, and then lo and behold, the cash offer that they from the other place fell through, which kind of made me laugh. Like the, Wait, so, <laughs> so the you, girl lost the lady who owns that building just totally lost the deal. So no more building for her. Like she, you know, she, so a woman owned this building that was one that had the bar connected to it that I was going to buy under contract and she's like oh well sorry i just got a cash offer well at the last minute the cash offer was like just kidding i don't want this and now she's just screwed and i've got a better deal on a building so so that's going through that's going through it's a it's approved like and that's one thing that people don't understand and i didn't understand and i'm probably just like talking to myself here the amount of paperwork that is involved to purchase a commercial property is fucking insane and it was like you know, it's like you're dealing with a financing company, a bank, um, the lender, the the bro, the real estate brokers, the appraisers, the and it's everyone wants all these things. My CPAs are like, I had to do two year um, financial projections, like broken wow. down into thirty categories month by month, and like you have to be accurate. You can't just like guess. You have to like go back and look at all the different like ways that 
This is to buy the that to building? buy the building wow. because the thing about it, like the bank doesn't want to no, just gotcha. give you a bunch of money sure. if they think that like your business is, is going to come crashing down. So it doesn't matter how long I've been in business; they want to see like hard numbers. And it was just the most excruciating process. Like I was up until like for, for like, I remember for like four to five months, and they like literally just approved the loan. And it's like that's how long that it's taken to get this far. Um, but again, I get it. They're not just going to hand over the, but it's just, it's just not like buying a house or something like buying a house took a few weeks. It's just like four to five months of paperwork. And they would send like 10 forms over, um, and be like, you know, and then I would stay up like all night doing these forms. Cause I just didn't want it to be my fault. Cause you've got deadlines you've got to meet from like the seller. Um, so I've had to push those dates back twice for closing just because it's, it's, you're dealing with so many different like businesses and entities and people and numbers. And anyway, that shit's fucking approved. I'm, I'm glad, that's, but <laughs> it's you. Megan bought a building. That's I bought a, a, that's I bought a, a damn that's a, building. That's a statement. Now. Totally. It's hard. Like, especially Yo, when you, are you kidding me? Right. <laughs> but, so this is what the people don't know. Um, it's going really well. I, I love, you know what I love the most about all this is the relationship that I built from like, I, I could, I could, even if Jump Force goes to shit tomorrow, mm-hmm. the one thing that I'm really happy about is how all of us, the connections yeah, and just, the relationships. If Jump Force goes to shit, you just move into my new building. It's fine. I, yeah, great. <laughs> I got you your know, back. I'm so, are you still doing this bar thing too or no, no, no bar? No, no, no. Because that was the other property. That would have been cool too. It would have been cool. But, you know, speaking when you said, let's talk about relationships, talk about the building. So I was going to open the bar with my ex. And then, so thank God that didn't work out. Hold on. Because <laughs> you whoa, remember whoa. that I told wicked, you. Wicked, wicked, wicked. <laughs> Something came out. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. It's like, how much, how much have you talked about that in, on this podcast? Not at all. Like, okay, can, few, we, can a, we kind of, like, oh, can we do this? Yeah, let's all right. go. <laughs> I'm going to ask you some questions. Okay. Oh, uh, when did this whole thing, okay, how long was the last relationship for now it was very it was hot and down right it was well i i went to high school with him like i've he's met my family like we we weren't strangers like we went to high school together we'd like hooked up in high school always kept in touch and then we reconnected um in austin when i went back to get one of my clients Mm. on a podcast out there then we dated for six months long distance and then he moved out here and we dated for three months and that was went straight months straight to hell in a handbasket for three months i by the way one of the most shocking stories mm-hmm. i've heard in a relationship was was one of the the ending ending stories of that yeah uh, but and i don't want to get into that by you're the way one of the few, right it, it, it could be it, it, it could be as you know not as bad to some people you know like mm-hmm. i think it's just crazy no that but, that this relationship like what i will say is that this one fucked me up the worst because he was so promising, right? Like you met him. So many people met him and were like, I believe my text over to you is like, I like this guy. This guy's great. He, he was great. And I think that's the problem is like, he was great until he wasn't. And it was really, really hard on me. Like, and I think a lot of people could tell that based on like, you know, I share my personal life on social media and even in the podcast. And there's a few details that I've shared out loud. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, that's how that's my process of getting over something and all that has to do with is just extreme hurt like mm-hmm. i mean that i felt like i had the rug just ripped out from underneath me so well it's yeah hard. And, and my big thing is it's it's not about that person that's i, I don't i kind of want to get away from that as yeah. much as possible yeah. on this but my mm, was like man why 
why can't I yeah, just get it you. right? Like you had it, you, you know what I mean? It's so I, I know thought, exactly. It was so, I'm like I have the craziest thing. I have thing, stability dude. in every area of my life except for relationships, and that is not to say that like I am this perfect person and I don't do anything wrong. That's not true. But that's why I've had a therapist for five years. It's really important to me to show up as the best version of myself in relationships anywhere my business business relationships you know so i do try really hard but it's like i have so much stability i've been a homeowner since i was shit 26 i've been a business owner since i was 23 like and this isn't it's like these solid investments in my life and i just am looking for someone to like reciprocate and share those things with i don't even care if they have the same things like you know i don't want i don't need someone to give me what i already can provide I just want a good man. And it's like, this might become the best. I, I, we have to clip that. This might become the best dating pitch I've ever seen on the podcast for Megan Fazio. Oh my Your God. phones are going to ring off the hook. My, after this my one. therapist was like, you know I what I think? God. She's like, I think you need to go on like a, a show. No, no, no. Megan. So then I was like, Stop. I said that. I was like, a dating show? What? Hell no. no. I know people from The Bachelor and no. She's like, no, no, no. Like The Amazing Race. Like something like oh, that. Like some where crazy. you're just on an, this epic adventure and yeah, I can that, take some time off Where you can actually show work. your emotional intelligence right. versus not. Instead because of, Yeah. Well, here's, I, I, you know, what's crazy is the signs that we knew were solid because we're investors. We, we know. Mm-hmm. And you know. There's all these red flags that was not there. I fucking right? know. Then that is like how that... can the perfect situation turn out so not perfect? Is is my feedback to you, which is crazy that you run into these, right? But yeah. overall, I meant to tell you on this podcast, mm-hmm. you're you know you're a good catch. This is not like a. It's not really bringing you down as much as people think it is. I hope because. Mm-hmm. No, it, it definitely, you know I mean? this one totally fucked me up. And I don't, I don't let a ton of people like in and know that, but like, dude, it was just, I'm like, I, I, re- I really, I, I really this, thought this one was going to be it. And a lot of people say that they're like, it's like, you know, I probably have like one relationship every like year and a half, which is really unfortunate. It's like, not it's another it's clip, not, TikTok clip, <laughs> left and right. These clips are just coming out. It's just not my preference, but it just is what it is. And some of it is that like when a guy fucks up, I'm like, you know, you can fuck up once, but you can't fuck up oh, twice. God. So the second time I'm like, you're out and I'm, and I'm sorry. Well, I'm not sorry for not settling. So like if they, if those come in waves of a year and a half, it just kind of is what it is. And I refuse to be embarrassed about not settling. There's people who are in relationships that like whoever they dated messed up a lot and they stayed in the relationship because, well, I've already invested a year. No, ma'am. Like no, ma'am. No, ma'am. Like, and I don't know, everyone kind of has different things but people will say when i get in a new relationship this is the one i have a feeling and i'm like it's like so but there's a lot of pressure on that too this was the first one where i felt like he was the one and so that is what fucked me up but like again you you have to see the whole picture right like you can't like there is such thing and this goes for me too like you can still be a good person who behaves badly you know, it doesn't make you a bad person because you behaved badly. That's been a, a huge thing for me. Like good people can behave, behave badly. badly. It doesn't make them a bad person. It just means that they have some more learning and growing to do. And so that's, that's the whole picture. Like that's the clear picture. Are you picture. older than him? Or is, is he older than you? He's older than me. He was, um, we went to the same high school. So he was two years ahead of me and my older brother's well, great. The reason I even bring this up is because we're more than a, 
just see each other at events and say hi kind of friends totally. right we're, we're, we're definitely more than that the, you know the whole story there's probably right. a few a handful of people that know but you're one of them it's kind of like you know it's 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 weird and i kind of want to bring that up because i bet you you get a lot of these questions and you kind of want to put this in this podcast and just kind of like put it to the rest oh, i hadn't thought about it but you here know? we are <laughs> but but i i think they need to know and i think that's you know one only thing is like i i just i'm just concerned that that it turned out like this you know and it was so heavily vested but I think you're doing good. I, I you know, we'll see. You, I, you act, you say that you're doing worse than what it was just concerning, but you know, well, I mean, just from like a healing standpoint, because I didn't, I didn't see this coming at all, but like, you know, after knowing the details of like what transpired, that there's some things that you just can't walk back, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so it just, it just is what it is. I think it's okay for me to feel this way. I do think that like I give my whole heart to stuff every single time. And I think that like working on going a little slower is also, and like, I've got a, I don't, there was a meme that was going around that was like, no one's going to know like who I marry until I'm like walking down the aisle. Cause I'm not going to post anyone on social media. And I probably should take a few pages from that book. <laughs> no more fucking photo shoots of these clowns. Oh, come on, dude. You're like you can't. <laughs> the pictures right. are great though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on, you're going to have to leave that up. Did, are you, are you the, are you the, I'm going to delete all the photos of me and him kind of a person or no, are you, there's still I'm going to keep of, all that. Do you remember Joe? That's yep. who I went to Kenya with. Joe's great. Um, I still have those pictures up because those are solid, awesome memories. Like I was in a giraffe manor. I dig that. In Kenya. I like that. And and honestly, he didn't do like now the guy that cheated on me with a porn star, his fucking pictures came right off my page. Um, so it just depends on like how things ended. But also like the reason why I do these like, you know, photo shoots with guys is because I'm friends with a ton of photographers. I we're in the creative space. And so like that time there was a girl that I'd met like on a um on a photo retreat and Joshua tree. And she was like, Hey, I'm in Vegas. And she's like, can I come shoot you? I'm like, yeah, my boyfriend's here from out of town. And she's like, will he be in the pictures? And so I keep those up because like, it's, you know, it's her work and it's beautiful. Like that's I believe kinda, that too. So th- it just kind of depends. You don't need to be that petty about it. You know what I mean? It's- I totally, and, and what's going to happen? Like if I want to, first of all, and I think women and men handle breakups very differently, but I am not the kind of person that after a relationship, I don't want, I do not want any guy talking to me. So like those pictures being up, I don't need to like front as being single and hurry up and take the pictures down. To me, it's almost like sets up a block where if a guy sees my Instagram page where he's like, is she in a relationship? I don't know. These pictures are still up. It's kind of like, yeah, because I need that space. Like I don't want any man coming anywhere near me. And Wait, I hold on. How many people are trying to set you up though in your, in your, around you? Everybody? Uh, no, I'm pretty um, adamant, adamant not, and, not. and I say I'm Good. not ready. Um, yeah. and I, and I, I would be so terrified that if I did go on a date with somebody who could be the right person, I'd probably just break down and start right. crying in the middle of dinner. And who the fuck wants that? <laughs> you know? Are you like that right now? Right, right now you could, you could uh, be that. You're no, that guy. I don't think, I don't think okay. so anymore, but like well, there was a point when people were, or there, if there's people in the DMS, I literally have a copy and paste statement in my notes where I'm just like, I'm really flattered, but this is really premature. And I just got out of a relationship and like, and you know. Must be nice. Must be nice. (laughs) It's kind of not No, I'm just kidding. But you know, uh, this is why I can't fathom dating. Fucking sucks. This is why me and Mindy. I know, you're lucky. You got a good one. Y'all made like the cutest baby in the world. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's our life right now. But it was up and downs for us, you know. Um, Dude, trust me, like my whole life, coming to america 
like it's it's crazy i know i want to get into your background because i mean i know this story so i can't you know react and be like oh you did but like your story is exceptional um and so can you let the listeners just know from like i mean to me the the craziest part was you coming over here by yourself yeah i was 13 fresh up the boat so i walk us through I was born in Seoul, South Korea, 1975. So I'm 47 years old. Annoying. <laughs> Asian, don't raise it. I grew up there and, and you know, uh, I think if you had some money, one of the things that the, the some of these parents were doing is sending their kids to America to study. Uh, but there's mandatory military in Korea. So it was harder for 16, 17-year-olds to get out of the country. So my parents thought 13 years old would be a good age to go as an international student and study in america otherwise you would have wound up having to be in the korean military well that's one one part of the life but also i was a terrible student i, I was one once i had two other siblings they were geniuses and i was terrible i was like a mediocre in the class and she thought by the way when i actually came to america i was like immediately the smartest person in my class i was like the best in math anyway so um they lied to me saying that you're gonna go to disneyland so i was like super excited went to the embassy went through the interview with like flying colors and on the way back i remember mom saying yeah this trip you're going but we're not going and you're not coming back i remember saying like she was driving looking this way just told me that on the passenger seat so you're on your way to the airport no 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 we're coming back from the embassy and and there she told me that the interview just passed you're not coming back from this trip so 13 years old they uh, i was in a boarding school in ojai california in santa barbara it was like a super ritzy school uh no english i couldn't speak english at all and i had to stay in the dorms there and there's no koreans in this so fresh off the boat i'm like praying that night please don't let me speak to anybody tomorrow because i have no idea how to speak um i had like Hi, my name is Paul. How do you do? Like, I'll, I'll plan out. If anybody said anything to me, I'll just start there. It's like, hi, are you hungry? Hi, my name is Paul. How do you, you know, I start, started that. And then many stories. That, and then a few years, like a year and a half after that, my parents bought a house in San Diego. And my t- sister in Korea turned 21. So she said she was going to become my legal guardian. So they were moving her there. And I moved under the San Diego house. But her visa got delayed for another half a year. So I was in this house, 14 years old, by myself. Oh, my God. And my dad's kind of like this. Whose house was it? My dad bought the house. He ended up going to prison for life or money laundering for some of these guys in L.A. So he was like going back into L.A. Uh, he wasn't really there. But listen to this. But this the coolest thing about this story. Crazy. Is that, I said I wasn't going to react, but I forgot. And I'm going fast because I know. Oh, you no, know what I mean? This whatever. is like crazy. So on this street that I was living in San Diego, there was about 14 kids that are in my school, my grade. And I grade above and they're the most popular kids in my school so and there's paul no living by himself by myself i'm what? 14 years old and i become this immediate party house uh by the way the same 14 guys were in my wedding oh my know, god like, they're the they're the the guys of the guys in san diego now oh, they're like, killing it but um yeah I, I started they taught me how to i remember like we we're playing strip poker in my closet and they taught me how to speak, like, say booger, booger. Like, you know, like, you got to buy Jordans. You have to listen to MWA. And you have, like, all these, like, how to be cool. Did their parents think that there was parents at your house? Yes. But they said, oh, I'm going to this international student, you know, exchange student from Korea's house. They're like, okay. 
little did they know what was going so, like, on in my go house. work on math homework right, probably exactly. <laughs> <laughs> teach them english you know being a nice guy little did they know meanwhile they're so like corrupting like you and then i went to eventually going to uc santa barbara partied a lot more and then i was just like this party guy. I, I could get alcohol because i i speak korean and the guys at the alcohol place were like liquor stores were korean and i was able to get alcohol and i don't even drink you know i don't drink damn so i was just like <laughs> this party guy like source i can get stuff you know always i never had a parent and i just grew up like that and I went to uc santa barbara i started partying even more and i what just a became a crazy degenerate partier up. And wow. then I moved out to Vegas to come join my sister. And then Vegas literally chewed me up and spit me out as soon as I got How there. How long so did it like, take for the, for this, this city to chew you up and spit you out? Well, I like arrived and I was ready to party. You know, I was like in college still. I was going to go to UNLV for, for um, hotel management. And then I realized that every Asian person is there and every Korean person is there. And I started kind of like flunking out. But I started working at uh, first job I ever got was... BCBG Max Ezria. And I was the first straight person that I've ever hired as like, I was wearing these platforms because I was going out a lot. I was even wearing these platforms and like these suits and a man bag back then. And I, to- I kind of looked like a, like a Metro guy, you, you know? <laughs> and, and so I did really well there. And then the BB girl, remember BB in the early 2000s yeah, was crushing Remember it. like the rhinestones oh, that I said was, BB I on was them? BB Sports. I, I was. They came and secret shopped on me and saying, you would be great. And I was the first straight, I think I was one of the first straight sales person on the floor for BB form shops. Oh my God. And I opened up BB Venetian. Damn. So, so you were and then into I fashion got into, first. And then I had a lot of girl, dude, I played dress up with naked girls all day. That was amazing. <laughs> and then I got into nightlife because all those guys came to me and said, hey, you have a lot of clients. Send them all to these nightclubs. Back then I was like raw utopia you know like all those little drinks so the the um hosts were coming to you to try to get girls to go into their nightclub yeah because i get all the girls at bb that day at forum shops all i have to do is go to this place and and you know i'll show up and everybody's oh bb oh my god so that was every day i went out every day you know and that became a nightmare and Quentin. then I, you know, and I was just doing like recreational drugs, like you know, I would do, you know, MDMA and you know all this kind of stuff. And then I was just partying, and I thought it was cool. And then I started doing sales. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought I was really good at sales. And somebody came, some I think it was like a, one of my friends, like, hey, I do this phone thing, and I'm cr- he was making crazy money. There's this place phone called. Sales. Yeah, it's, if I say, it's like the most gangster place that ever existed, NOS. If I say NOS to some people right now, it's like, oh my God. It's like this long distance phone thing that was just crazy in Vegas. It was like, they eventually moved to Egypt because oh my of the FCC. Like, it was crazy. But I was crushing it What there. were you selling, though? Dude, it was like, they emptied out a Kmart, and it was 2,000 desks with phones. Like, what? there was a DJ, it was like 6 a.m., hoorahs. There's a DJ when there's a big deal. It's like, Ryan, you with the big deals? And everybody's like, <sighs> and you'll have to like this go underneath like Wolf of Wolf Wall Street. <laughs> I would go underneath my desk and tell him that I'm I'm stepping in my office and I'll underneath my desk and I would talk like this and like yes sir like. What I did that and then that's when I started doing hard drugs, like and, while you were at work. Yeah, and then that's when I realized that when you start doing drugs for performance. It's just bad from there. The fact that I'm a better salesman if I did this substance is when started going really south for me. Not for fun anymore. This is, I'm doing this for, I have to do this for tomorrow's work thing. 
That's when... And then you become addicted to it. Is yeah, that like we're it in is? cubicles. People are just throwing yeah, just a little bump here, a little bump here. And then that turned into like doing a little bit of a glass. We used to call it glass. You can like see through it. It's like probably methamphetamine. Mm-hmm. But we chop it and do it like a little bump on the, you know, and get you up. Damn. That turned into a big spiral. And then did that like, that was increasing your sales though? Like it's like you felt in like In my you mind, get, but, it did. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I thought I could do better but yeah i mean i was killing it but i don't know if that was because the drugs or not it's hard because you're when you're like the city chews you up and spits you out for a lot of people who move here that has everything to do with like the nightlife industry but it's crazy that like that was brought into a daytime like daytime career and i was job. actually okay hanging out at nightclubs until i needed substance to do my work mm-hmm. and then that turned into smoking meth and that Dude, you know what I went to? I told this to no, and this two stories. You know what a hot rail is? No. So like, <laughs> I don't even know if oh, I should shit. say this. Why not? <laughs> so like, I used to like doing. Okay, if you do a line, if you chop up a line mm-hmm. of of let's just say methamphetamine, mm-hmm. you know, we used to smoke it. But a cool way to do it is if you <laughs> chop. If you chop it into a line, and you you get a tuber that's glass, and you heat the very oh front God. of it to a to point where it's gonna get red, mm-hmm. and you can snort it. And blow out a smoke. Oh my god! So it's like snorting it, and then it's hot rails. So I used to do a lot of that. You're like science. You know, that, that, that's the stuff that I remember doing. That was like cool at the time, but it's so terribly damaging. Anyway, so that turned into me just becoming a drug addict, right? You know, and that that turned me into just a and you didn't have person. any like family here to stop you or like arrests after arrests. I would like stay up five six days and at a time and rearrest somebody, get a ticket that would turn into a a warrant and I would go into jail in and out. I, seven at fault accidents within 50 days. Uh, I was, I, I got so many amounts of arrests. And during this time, I'm an, I'm an immigrant. I'm a green card holder. And, but do, little do I know that I wasn't able to do, so you're not even supposed to get any trouble when you're a green card holder. I had like felonies. But at the time, because I spoke like this, nobody, none of my judges or anybody asked me if I was like a citizen. Nothing wow. was connected. Wow. So dude, I go through this and I become, eventually I become clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll tell you all that story, but it doesn't matter. Come clean. Mm-hmm. 15 years later, like I haven't even gotten a ticket in 15 years now because I became clean. I became this guy and I started dating Mindy, be, you know, got out of it. Got your life together. You've got a got career out of papers, path. Probation for three years that I had to do. Sober. Community service for three years, 16 hours a month that I had to do and got out of it. Mm-hmm. And because so like when people like <clears throat> me meet you for the first time, this story is so much more shocking because like we know you as sober. Like we invite you to restaurants and like you don't drink. And so like that's why this is so shocking. But okay, go back. So 15 years you said goes by. No here. tickets, no nothing. I'm a good student for 15 years and I get a knock on my door. And I'm by now I'm dating Mindy. Mm-hmm. I'm a partner at a travel company now right before I started doing Jump Force. And they say it's I'm, we're ICE. I'm like, what's ICE? <laughs> Uh, what is ice immigration I oh shit and they're like you committed a felony 15 years ago now you're being deported right now what? so i got arrested 15 years after so i have this the whole this story the reason i'm what? telling you this is the triumph story of how mindy and everybody that i knew because here's the thing when i was a drug addict i lost every single one of my relationship because i was such a like okay Just i was 117 pounds mm. I kept making a whole, I had like a Gucci belt that I still keep. 
I kept making holes because I was getting skinnier. Oh my if God. I put on that belt right now, the last hole I made is like here. Oh my God. And then I remember like literally looking in a mirror one night going, I think I'm going to die from this. Damn. I think I'm, I'm going to die from that. And Jeez. I remember like that being, all right. You, you know That's what I mean? Like I remember doing bottom. that. I don't know if the, the rock bottom was, I got arrested finally. And there's this person that saved my life, Officer Haggerty. I got arrested when I was in probation. Uh, I was on the other side of the road with like foot on the brake, car in gear, passed out with the cop just banging on my window. Fuck. Uh, so the last time I got arrested, uh, last time I was high mm-hmm, was that. Mm-hmm. But this guy put me in this, this uh, uh, halfway house program that, that saved my life. But Wow. Yeah. So I was that bad. That was the bottom. Jesus. You know. But, so, so then... But the whole story is I lost... All, dude, I was going to my friend's house. I, like, I would come back when I'm sober to my best friends. Like, oh, I'm sober. And they would, they would say, like, do you remember the last time we met? Stuff like that. Because I was such an idiot. I would like go to my friend's house at 4 a.m., do this crazy thing there, never even remember. And they Damn. would like... So I lost all my relationships. But between those 15 years, I had regained all my relationships. Mm-hmm. So this whole story is a triumph of how many of those people had to come together to save my life when I was being deported. Because I had to get letters from everybody. Where were you being held before they deported you? Henderson Detention Center. So I was in there for four months. I was arrested the entire time. Yeah, so uh, And I remember seeing this like on social media and I started following along because Mindy, was she posting things? Like, right. She was like, yeah, she was posting everything. She had a GoFundMe that went crazy. Dude, I had people with free the riding t-shirts, shirts outside like chanting yeah and this is why i do the things that i do now is because it's the i don't think people know the relationship how important you know that's why the community I, yeah it's just you know it was crazy how many people stepped up for me to actually stay in america and that's the only reason i'm in this country right now and i just got my citizenship yes you know I know. I, mean? I, I remember when you like announced that. People have that. to write letters, come, and like, okay. And none of that was my family either. My family couldn't help. It had to be you are my friend mm-hmm. and you're an, an American citizen. I need your help. And they all came together and, and voted for me to stay. And so four months and then they like released you based on all these letters and like what? like Yeah, what? I was a gunshot. Like two felonies and, 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 a, and, a, and a green card, you're gone. But there's like a loophole called cancellation removal is is like proving this many time of nothing but two years of trouble but also another 10 years of nothing gave me a shot but even if you had a shot you don't win because you need letters and you need asset you need family you need community you need we but i had a lot of that wow that's crazy also i had to fight from inside so i have to have mindy who loves me enough to fight this from outside because i'm in jail the whole time unreal and y'all weren't married yet. no and that's another she thing so when i came out you. everybody's like you better marry her. you know like did she have any idea about your past no so she <laughs> as soon as the one thing that she told her parents was like the coolest thing i thought i was gonna lose her for sure yeah like, she's like if this guy goes to korea i'm going with him and she told her parents that god she's so, so down. ever since then she started finding out all my past and she's like oh shit she's like you know, who like, am i who the dating fuck is this you know <laughs> damn so, but that i mean like he, she had to call all my high school friends that are like you know san diego friends that are super protective of me and they're like who are you and they were like questioning her 
you know, and have to get all those people together. And get I the mean, letters. you're a success story and then also a testament to like what community can do. And some of this community is totally cultivated through like online relationships, Dude, right? Vegas mm-hmm. is very special in that sense. It's a totally. small enough town where you can see a huge effect on when people get together and growl for you or Yeah. It's 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 crazy amounts of energy. And it's a lot of that is because when people move here, they move here without any family. So we all kind of become each other's family. Like for holidays, like I remember when, you know, this whole breakup thing went down and you were like if you don't have plans, you're coming over to my house. Like, I have those no no family Thanksgiving dinners because totally. there's so many of us that doesn't have. Yeah, and and I ended up doing that. I just spent the holidays with friends because um, I can't fucking go anywhere because this damn building is costing so much fucking money. <laughs> Everyone's like, "What's your birthday plan? Where are you going for Thanksgiving this year?" I'm like, "I'm sitting my ass in this building that I bought. I'm just gonna eat dinner on the floor." I don't it kind of hurt me though because I think you do like a special thing with a friend or Thanksgiving. Like yeah. there's like a thing that you traditionally do that, that you weren't why... able to do this year, but that really hurts you because I think that also had to do some of this uh, relationship. Yeah, thing. it was because it was the I felt the so breakup happened you. the day before Thanksgiving. And this was the first Thanksgiving in seven years that I've been here. Like I stayed in Vegas because normally um, my best friend and I, who my best friend passed away seven years ago and he and I made a promise to each other that we were going to travel to a, a country because we just both think that Thanksgiving is silly. Like we both thought, were like, this is like, you know, what you're going to see your like uncle and he's going to get into a fight talking about politics at the table and you're eating like turkey and celebrating how like we took land away from indigenous people. Like right. this is just such a stupid <laughs> so fucking good. holiday. Um, it, you know, no shade. I'm sure people love Thanksgiving, but whatever. I just would rather spend my time like, so the rule was that we have to travel somewhere that doesn't serve turkey traditionally. It was ah, just cool. the excuse like to do that. it right. So we did that. We only got to do one trip because he passed away three months after our trip to our trip to Guatemala. And so um, this is the first year that I I stayed because I'm you know purchasing a, a million dollar mm-hmm. building yeah. like so I just needed to stay. And then this you know we broke up the day it before happens. Thanksgiving. But my best friend, his name was Francis. His uh, family came to to me. So I was hosting them, which was also really bad because we all went to the same high school together and they like knew my ex and were just really disappointed to like hear <laughs> what went down. He like just totally made like what was already a trying time for me, just like way worse. <laughs> I mean, just the, the like, I, there's no, there's no so... good timing for a breakup. There's no good timing for a car accident. Like, but these things kind of just happen and you've got to just fucking deal with it. I mean, to me, and that was probably the other reason is there's like a trifecta of holidays, right? It's like right. Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year. So like Thanksgiving, you're supposed to be with your family. I don't have any family here. Normally I travel Christmas, you know, I like had to return all of his presents and then went and bought myself something great. And then New Year's, like you get a New Year's kiss, right? So it's like the trifecta of holidays that like th- that were affected, it just sucked. I mean, breakups during the holidays. So, like, I've so never that dinner was still in Vegas, though, right? Those people, yeah, they joined came, they your came house to my in house. Vegas. Mm-hmm. But it was like you know he was supposed to move because he lived with me, and all of, a lot of his stuff were was in the guest room, and they couldn't stay at my house because he all of his stuff was still in my guest room. <laughs> I don't even know if I want to like, I love run this. this. I love but just, this. Just Yo. a fucking disaster. And I know. The one thing that I will say is like I've been really hesitant, hesitant to share. Um, and I don't have to share the details of what happened, right? Because that could be private. But what I do want to share, what people have encouraged me to share, like saying this on Instagram, is like 
I present as if I have everything, all my shit together. So by talking about this, my well, hope is that... a lot of that, people assume. Assume you know that. You know what I mean? You. And, and honestly, for the most part that I do, but I think the point is that like sharing with people that like even people who have all their shit together can still fucking fall apart and that you still have bad days and bad times that, you know, you can share and just to like give people that, you know, I don't know. I like, feel like people who it. look like they put it good together actually have bigger shit that they're dealing able with. to kind of handle. I don't mm. know. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like you sharing this though. I'm glad that I'm the one that I kind of, well, it's easy. Kind of brought this we, out because you, you, you kind of you told me about this. And I want to be in the most, most mutual sense possible. I'm not here to talk any, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I just want you to say it because I, that's what I, you know what I mean? Yeah. More than anything, I'm into talk to you about that yeah it's good and like I, you, you, you're doing good yeah i'm doing good everything it's like you know listen shit happens and you know people move through things i think at the end of the day like really focusing on yourself and using situations that you have to go through like even what you went through and just like you have to know that you can take negative experiences and turn them into something positive for yourself, right? Like, would 100%. you be where you were or where you are right now if you hadn't been a drug addict and hadn't been able to pull yourself out of that? Like, would I be where I am right now if I hadn't gone through this heartbreak? It makes you appreciate, like, the, the things that the universe bestows upon you whenever it fucking wants to, apparently. Um, my time hasn't come yet in a relationship <laughs> I think the world gets a little easier after you go through some shit like this, you know, right. and, and, and maneuvering through life and mm-hmm. seeing what's important and what's not important. I feel like a lot of people focus too much energy on what's not important. I always say this. I'm like, let's not waste 80% of our energy focusing on 2% of our problems. Let's just, totally. I want to kind of like love the people that love me rather than not think about the people that don't love me. You know, like yeah. I just want to go the other way. There's a lot of people kind of put too much energy in that. But, but, you know, bringing this up to life, I think is, is good. Um, cause I, you're right. People see you, dude. You're like, you're a little too perfect. Yeah. You know, and that's, you, you need to show this. I think this is a good thing for you to show on your podcast even more. Yeah. Uh, and, and go deep into that. I've seen like psychologists in the, on the show. Dude, what am I doing in this show? It's like, you've had some really cool people on there. <laughs> what well, you are a really but, um, cool person. What are you talking about? <laughs> but I like, I like talking about this. You yeah. Know? Think, I, 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 usually podcasts, we talk about. Well, there How was, to be a foodie and what do you like you know what there wasn't uh. any like clear direction and it's like i think just having i know a lot of very cool people or at least i think that i know a lot of really cool people and i get in these conversations where i'm like i think other people could benefit from what we're talking about and so that was really the premise like people were like the person who helped me set up the studio was like how are you going to monetize i'm like it's not i have a job that makes me money like this is just something that i think if i can give back through important conversations so yeah it's got to veer away from career right like i think there's several people that i that i have on i had like a a model um author a foodie you know it's like it's the ceo of the plaza it's kind of just really cool people that i think have done some cool shit and have like really good stories to share i think it's cool because it's not about their profession you know, right. it's more about their person, and I like that. And I think that's what I want to bring to the table. It's not really there. Yeah, there's a lot of things that you read on social media. If you know, if you know what I want to do, what I'm doing, you just go to my social media and see that. Mm-hmm. But you don't really get to know the person, you know, unless you get to know the person. And I think that's what really comes valuable on these podcasts. And it's kind of funny. Like everybody asks me about like monetizing podcasts too. You know, podcast is a straight up passion projects. 100%. You know, in the beginning. Um, this is why it's important you get to bring on the people that you really want to and, and, and just kind of grow that out because 
I don't know. Has anybody ever asked you, um, like on you and Phil's like podcast, have, have people like volunteered themselves to go on before? Of course. It's so yeah, awkward. It well, they, <laughs> like, I feel yeah. like this is a PSA to everyone. Like, don't offer to be on someone's podcast unless you're asked. Well, what if <laughs> it's like the Gary V? I mean, yes, yes. But, you know, there's there's a lot of people that want to get on the podcast because they see other people getting on the podcast. And I think we have a like a strategy behind it that people don't understand. Exactly. So I'm like, if I've never had a conversation with you, why what would can I, we? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I don't really know exactly. Like, unless you want to just go on to promote your business, but that's why you hire a publicist or a digital creator. <laughs> Like, you know, that's not um, what this yes, that's, <laughs> that's not I didn't know this, this was for. turning into a commercial, but yes, that's it. Yeah. Uh, we Neon now, PR we Studios now, and Jump Force. It's brought to you by. This is all actually a big ploy to get more business. Yeah, please. If you guys are needing any social media services, then, then you know, let us know. But yeah, uh, I mean, this is why I love this. And, and I, I feel like just, I don't even feel like I'm on a podcast right now. This is this is why I love it. And that's it. what I want it to feel like. It's actually when I was interviewing Jonathan Jossel, I said, um, I said interview and he's like, up. Oh, conversations and i'm like oh no it's a fucking interview because like you really do have to go back and listen to yourself and say how could i have led this a different way but no at the end of the day it does it it feels more conversational and i want it to feel like people are like dropping in on a phone call that we're having or something well do you see this how do you same format you you see a co-host in the future at all you see uh you see where do you okay i meant to ask you this where do they do you want them to go first do they do you want them to go to apple podcast first and download that or do they do you want them to go to youtube first and watch this but or? that goes right back to like if i'm trying to monetize it i think go to you wherever you you're care. comfortable with like That's great we post it on all the platforms just in case there's people that like set that say post it on youtube because i like to look um, I, I, I like to, I, I to like view. That. I don't. How, how do in the, you like it? In the mornings when I'm getting ready, I put on Spotify. Okay. And that's how I listen. But I think two or three girls in the office listen on Apple. So, like, it's totally personal preference. I don't push one or the other. It's all on our link tree. So, um, it's just if you get value from these conversations, listen. And I do. I get that great feedback. It's like random you know, at random points, people are like, girl, I just binged your podcast and I like love it. I'm like, good. Like as long as there's like one or two or three people that like listen and they're into it, then I'm makes doing, it all good. Yeah, you know? totally. And if I not, agree. then I have a really cool archive of conversations that I have with my friends. And and, and as creators, and you've been this long enough to not have too much of high expectations and just have fun with it. Exactly. I think, I think we're, that's what we're trying to do. You yeah. Know? But when it comes down to production, you know, this is a lot of work. Totally. Like, this well, is crazy. you can look right like, at Kimberly's eyeballs yo, when you at, say that. There's Kimberly. Oh, is, shout out to the production crew. You she know what just I mean? became the production person behind the podcast. But like, there's people we, have no idea. No idea. Like, there's just ebbs and flows, and there's highs and lows, and we've had to like A/B test equipment and like just the connector cables to make sure it runs into the feeds into the camera. And like, and this is one week due date. Like every week, you have to pump out. And, so. and I've stopped being so like adamant about that just because of. We're, I mean, we're doing so much other stuff. And like you said, it takes a long time. So people are like, what's the schedule? And I'm like, the schedule is whenever I have the conversation. Oh, I like and that. It's clipped, I like that. They're up. See, that actually gives you extra stress if you have that. You it's know? too much to stick to a schedule like that. I mean, it's, oh, good. I like that. you know, especially like I'm getting people that have valuable, like t- not that everyone's time is not valuable, but like people that are very busy and getting them to come in here like this is already the win for me like I know, once I mean, once, we, so busy, once we get to it and we cut it i mean you are though don't act like you're fucking not you are busy I'm so busy okay tell everyone where they can find you um 
I don't care. Just, you know, I just like having this <laughs> if you conversation. If don't know about at Paul. Ryu Sauce is where I'm at. R-Y-U Sauce, uh, like the Street Fighter guy and Sauce. I've never asked you that. Is that what? Yo, uh, people are more and more not knowing what Street Fighter is. I mean, is I know that what me Street showing is. my age now? Like, it's crazy. I used to go to Valet and say, oh, what's your last name? Like, Ryu, like the Street Fighter. And like, oh, cool. Now they're like, what's that because they're like 21 years old did you hear that Terrible. instead of people that are like asking for ids they ask them what their favorite backstreet boys song is because if you're under 21 you don't even know really you know what i mean yeah <sighs> don't make me feel old. i'm 47 Clever. i'm telling you dude this is not good i just can't believe you're 47 literally but, yo, skincare companies holler at me I'm for real skincare companies i'm, I'm looking telling for you right and now. i'm gonna go holler at my injector after this just because i feel like i need botox after looking at your perfectly <laughs> not wrinkled face but thanks for this time yeah i love you and this is I really great too. um i i've had a, f- a lot of fun we rambled on for a lot longer than what you told we me did. this would be like a lot longer than an hour i think how long have we been going Woo! that's not bad it's not a bad, as bad as I thought. you're actually the longest interview that we've had but well worth it okay. thank you thank you for coming on thanks